Hey there, I'm Meg Dewalaby. And I am Amy Tianyi Zhao. Welcome to The Spark, a podcast that is a continuation of a conversation sparked between us one summer evening in China. We would love for you to join in on the conversation and listen along as we talk about everyday topics, big and small, as two women from two backgrounds, cultures, and countries. Everything starts with a spark. We all have the power to kindle a spark that makes us realize we are more alike than we are different. Hey, Amy, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good. I'm super excited, actually, because today we're talking about a topic that I know every single human being on this earth has in some way, shape or form experienced. And that is the topic about fear, the big F word of fear. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and um, so it's kind of fun. The first episode um, about identity may have portrayed us in a way that um, we've always been extremely courageous and brave and open towards different cultures and circumstances and traveling in the world and taking on new adventures. And a lot of people may think that that's just because of our personalities. And maybe that leads people to think that we've never been afraid of anything, but that is entirely not true. And honestly, in fact, like our last episode, we talked about identity and all of our doubts and identity struggles actually probably come from the fact that we're scared about different things. Mm -hmm. And so today we're going to open up this topic and talk about the different things that we're afraid of when it comes to crossing cultures, new experiences, being in different places. Um, so I guess to kick it off, Amy, I want to ask you when you're facing a different culture and you had you had that first moment when you came to America and when you were in school. What was your reaction? Like, what did you feel in those moments? Could you lead us into like the journey of how that all went and any fears that you had? Yeah, I think the reason why I have this podcast is exactly the reason why I want to conquer my fear. Um, I may portray myself as this person who thinks she is not scared, as you said, especially from the sec- the identity episode where I'm like, yeah, I'm not scared of putting myself out there. But in fact, I always use this story when I talk to other people, which mm-hmm. was my first day of school in NYU Shanghai, 2013, August 11th. I had that day almost tattooed on my skin, but wow. <laughs> I didn't, memorable. thank God. Yeah. It was, it was. Um, I started off my school, my college in Shanghai, um, and it was our first day, one, the night before the beginning of our three-week-long orientation, and we had this pizza party, and the fact that school can buy you pizza and have party I it already blew my mind. <laughs> and totally. I walked into this room. I was walking against the wall because I didn't want to say hi to anyone. So I can just lean onto the wall and look at the wall. Um, so I walked into this room. It was the common area of our dorm. And I saw 
so many people. And that wasn't the scary part. The scary part is I never, I know how bad it may sound, but I've never saw these many colors of people in my entire life. It's crazy. (laughs) People are coming in different sizes and colors. Uh, And I didn't know how to start to say hi. And yeah, I was worrying I was scared about my English skill because I don't I didn't know how to answer the question how are you um yeah because our English textbook ta- told me what you're supposed to say to how are you is I'm fine and you yes oh my gosh <laughs> and when I was there I heard nobody said that and <laughs> but yet I was too scared to say what everyone is saying Mm-hmm. Um. So I was I I basically didn't know how to say hello at that point, yeah. and um. So I started to worrying about my look. I wish someone told me orange high heels and black stockings just wasn't <laughs> the way to go, <laughs> but no one told me that. Um. Yeah. So it was a pretty scary night. However, I think I was still privileged in a way that I can speak their language because I know I can speak English so worst case scenario my English wasn't good but at least I can communicate you know um Mm -hmm. I just couldn't imagine what were what was it like for you when because you were surrounded by you tap you you tap into this culture that you had no idea before and what was it like for you because if I were you (laughs) I would be (laughs) I don't even know Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I do want to say like, I love that you just shared what you shared about your experience because I do feel like that's such an experience that so many people can relate to, but maybe have never even talked about it before. Like that moment of walking into that room and experiencing that kind of fear and those kinds of um, thought processes of worrying about what you're looking like or if you're going to be able to speak the language. And for me, um, oh, by the I, way, before you started, just oh, one yeah. last comment. I yeah. had zero pizza that night. I have zero. You had pizza. zero pizza. <laughs> what kind? Yeah. Was it? Okay. I can't. I I I could. I couldn't remember, but I I couldn't eat. Oh my goodness. I yeah. Could, but... I totally. I totally get that though. Like, it's that's what's interesting is because like when you're in that moment, like your body, like in any sort of fear, it's like fight or flight. Like, and usually like you can't eat at that moment. It's very interesting. I, I had a similar experience. Like when I touched down, um, in China, it was in the evening and we were going to have dinner and then go to bed and get ready to meet my fiance's parents the next day. Um, but yeah, that was, it was hard to like, I was worried about like eating in front of people too, because another, it's one of those things, I guess, to back up, there's a lot of things that come into play to communicate with others when you can't communicate with them verbally. Mm-hmm. And those things are your appearance, um, your presence in the room, the energy that you're bringing, um, the way you're carrying yourself and all of those kinds of things. And for me, um, I definitely experienced all of that and maybe even more. I don't even know. Um, cause it's hard to analyze it when you're in it, but I remember waking up the morning of uh, my 
technically full first day in China. And that morning I was supposed to hop on it on a train. I did hop on a train, um, to head over and meet my fiance's parents. And then I didn't know it at the time, but I was also going to meet you that night. So this is like Mm -hmm. the backstory before I met you before the story that we shared in our first episode. Um, but I remember waking up that morning and I felt stressed and that stress looking back was coming from my fear of, will they like me? I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was like, what if they don't like me? And I couldn't use, I, I didn't know any of the language except for hello and thank you. So that's mm-hmm. basically all I was saying all the time. Um, and so I was really worried about like, does my hair look good? Does my makeup look good? Is my dress ironed enough? And like, my shoes, like, are, am I going to be able to change into nicer shoes later for dinner and all this stuff? And I remember my, my fiance, he was just getting irritated with me. He was like, why are you worried about all this stuff? And what neither of us realized, I didn't realize it. And he didn't realize it either is that I, I was worried about these things because these things were the only things that were going to be able to communicate for me that night. Mm-hmm walking into that situation. Um, so yeah, I definitely like on the flip side, like had a similar experience, um, just kind of flipped on its head and it's interesting because then you start when there's fear involved, you start creating stories in your mind. Like, well, like if I wear these shoes, they're not going to like me. If I, different things like that. And, um, I think that's something that we definitely all experience whether we're crossing cultures or not. So it's definitely, I think important that we're talking about this. Yeah. Because when we are scared in the, in those scenarios, I couldn't help but lean on to the most obvious answer to conquer my fear. And for you, it might be the appearance. I mean, for a lot of us too. But for me, in that scenario, uh, when I was at the pizza party, I leaned on two stereotypes that I hold against people. Yeah. And it was it was really bad. I mean, I ne- I'm not trying to justify stereotypes, but it made me safe, feel safe in that scenario because at least I know something. I, I try to tell myself that at least I know something and I can possibly potentially try to carry on a conversation. Yeah. Um, so you mean like you were leaning on stereotypes in the way that like maybe unbox that for just a second. Like how did you feel you were, you were um, leaning on stereotypes, like in the sense that you felt like it could be like a conversation starter or. Mm. I don't know. I mean, maybe I will just make a joke out of it. Mm. Just be like, oh, because you're American, so you guys are having pizza party. Again, it's really bad. But at least it's something that I don't even think I had that sense of humor before. I think it would, I don't even think that was funny. How, how could that be funny? Like freshman year me wouldn't think about that. I think maybe I just had those stereotype and I, or like, impression of one culture and I just put it on the back of my mind so when someone come up and talk to me or in the class 
I can be like, oh, at least I know a little bit. You know what um, to look for, quote unquote, in a way. Like, yeah. 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 I remember we have people from um, Nepal and I'll be like, oh, Himalaya. You know, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of like, like natural. Your mind wants to relate things to other things and yeah, give it yeah. like a point of reference. So it's only yeah. nothing to be like ashamed about. It's only natural almost. It gives me a little bit of confidence. Yeah. And I, I'm not a confident person. Um, so it, it does help me in a way. And I think I, what I really, what really made the stereotype a positive thing for my case, it's because I don't think they are true. It's an impression yeah. I had, but my fear and and confidence <laughs> made me think that those things can be changed anytime. Um, so I had an impression and then I walk into a culture with that blind confidence and then I see people do things or say things in different ways that are not what I thought they would be doing before. And then I change my so-called stereotype and assumption. And totally. I will never walk up to people and try to, like what we said in the first, in the identity episode, to verify it. Because I was so scared that I might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally get that. It's interesting. Like, people always ask me, well, what was China like? Because China, to a lot of Americans, seems like a big black box. And no one knows what's inside. And... um. But what I tell them is that honestly, like for me personally, when I first went to China, like it was everything I expected and every, and it was everything I didn't expect at the exact same time. Like, and I don't really know how to describe it to people. It's like everything you thought it would be. And then it's not. And I think like people, I don't know, like I just, one thing for me, like talking about stereotypes, I think a lot of the a lot of people in America think that Chinese people are unfriendly, like they stick to themselves, they don't like blah, blah, blah. But like, I have continuously found the opposite to be true. Like, yeah, in the sense that like, when I went to China, everybody there was like, it, I've met the nicest people in my life ever in China. And all those stereotypes didn't exist. But I love what you said about like, having an idea in your mind. And it's almost kind of, for me, I see it as, I, I love to take a stereotype and I, I love to look for it to be challenged when I mm. go somewhere else and like see other things. So I love that you touch on that. Yeah, I guess I was just too afraid to even verify that I'm wrong. I would just yeah. change it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, oh, so Nepal is not only about Himalaya. Okay, cancel that. Cancel like, it. <laughs> Get it out of your Never mind. say it ever again. Yeah. I think yeah. my fear helped me to not be an ignorant person in that scenario. Because when I had those ideas in my mind, I didn't know how much it could hurt someone. I mean, when you talk about like Chinese or rude, like stereotypes like that, um, how can that be helpful in the first place? It's not. It's definitely <laughs> it's, not. It's, it's not helpful. Uh, but in my scenario, I think I had a lot of, not stereotype, maybe assumptions um, that were just based on ignorance or mere fact that someone has experienced it once. 
Um, so, so I think I am willing to change and I didn't hurt anyone. So that's what I'm glad. But about, um, but I also know that my blind courage came from a very privileged place because I wasn't, it was like, I was in this multicultural environment. It's like a bubble and it's not real world because I was surrounded by people from all different countries. But what really, like the turning point for me was when I went to Greece as the only Chinese among 39 American. And that just became, that fear is not that, oh, how do I look or how is my, how how am I going to fit in? Yeah, it's still that, but more like I'm scared of being alienated. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I am. It's I already, the minute I was there, I was different. The minute I show up, <laughs> I'm different. <laughs> like yeah. it wasn't even, I don't even need to fight back is is just a fact yeah and that taught me something different because those fear will never be conquered because it was minority versus majority it's it's one versus 39 Mm -hmm. and there's just no way of um of no matter how many like words or vocab i know like daily vocab that they use that i know i will never be able to be a part you know it's interesting because in our last episode, we talked about both of us in more extreme cases than others coming from homogeneous societies. And I think for you, because I definitely know this has been true for me, do you feel that in that situation, like your fear was heightened because of your background coming from a more homogeneous culture and society? Yeah. 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 It was really scary. Um, and I wasn't used to being alienated because I experienced scenario where I was alienated because my different point of view, not just because where I'm from. Like the fact that who I am before I even change myself or before my change of opinion, I'm already different. That's that's something new to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and there is no justification because that's just a reality. And that's the reason why I always tell people that if I didn't go to school in NYU Shanghai or start start off my my education in like a environment where multicultural is emphasized and mm-hmm. I started off my school in like a I don't know somewhere in the states I will be scared my entire life because I don't know what I would do because I of course I don't want to step out because it was too scary and people wouldn't accept me I don't know. Yeah. You know, I think too, like rolling off of that, I think the older we get, the more fearful we get of new things. So like, I think it's definitely, it's definitely a privilege to have these experiences when you're younger, but if you can have them when you're younger, it's, I feel like your perspective really benefits and your fear minimizes from. Yeah. The stakes are lower. Mm-hmm. When you're younger, I think when you're mm-hmm. older, I think, I think that's something that, you know, can be reflected at different times. People see like, you know, the older you get, they, the more you don't want to change your ways in some sense or another. So, yeah, that's very, yeah, very interesting. End, yeah. At the end of that trip, I picked up, you know, cultural 
sense here and there. Mm-hmm. But I know that just a way of surviving the group is just a way for me to not feel unprotected or exposed. So that's why I changed certain things in order to fit more in. But I think when people are in a scenario where they're scared or feel they're threatened, uh, we will do something to just merely protect ourselves. Yeah. Have you ever experienced that in different countries? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I was younger, I I traveled to Europe for the first time when I was in high school and it was with a bigger group of all Americans. So I didn't really have to worry. I didn't, I wasn't fearful at all at any point um, during that entire trip. It was a very sheltered trip. Um, I went back to Europe when I was a little bit older in college by myself to visit a friend. And um, I still wasn't too fearful about doing that. Um, And some of my family members still joke to this day that they can't believe like I did that on my own. But I mean, I wasn't really scared about it because I felt like I could blend in. And I did. Mm -hmm. In fact, I remember during that trip, I was in Germany and I was sitting at a bar with two of my friends who were German. One was German and one was German French to be exact. And the waiter came over and one of my friends asked, where do you think all of us are from? Mm-hmm. And um, the waiter looked at um, one of my friends and said, you, you're Italian. And he was mm-hmm. German, but he said he was Italian. And then he looked at my other friend and he said, and you're Spanish or mm-hmm. something along those lines. And then he looked at me and he said, and you, you're the typical German. And in that moment, I was like, yes, like I blend in, like no one will know, like I can run through Europe, like incognito, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But, I love that. <laughs> but honestly, if at that age, somebody gave me the option to either travel to Europe or travel to Asia, I would have chose Europe for mm-hmm. the fear of going to Asia and not being able to fit in. And love that. kind of sticking out like a sore thumb. And so, and that fear in many regards now I know is irrational. Like, yes, when I go to Asia, I do stick out like a sore thumb. But the end of that whole story in my mind is that actually there's nothing to be afraid about that. In many cases, like I know you've mentioned to me, like, you definitely want to stand out more when you're in uh, Shanghai. And like for me, like I get treated like so well when I'm in Shanghai. My, my fiance always tells me if you're American in Shanghai, you're like royalty almost like they, That's they pretty messed up. It is. It's so messed up. It's so, it's so messed, messed up. up. It's like they'll, they'll speak English Just to because you. you're white. Yes. Like, and that's so wise. Oh, that God. also like, feels, it feels weird to be honest, but yeah, it also squashes my fears of standing out as a completely negative, scary experience. Cause yeah, I don't think many Americans know about that. Like about Shanghai, like, you know, like going there as an American, like, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, there is the fears of sticking out for being like swindled or different things like that when you're abroad. Um, but yeah, it, it also though, it's a valid fear. Cause I think it goes, mm-hmm. it comes down to our human nature, you know, like it if does. we're not able to fit in, if we look, if one of these does not look the same, you know, 
which one is everybody focusing on? And yeah, it's the one that looks different. And yeah, so it's a valid fear. Yeah. And I only want to stand out when I'm in a safe setting, right? I know yes. that if I stand up, I wouldn't face like the risk is low. That's right. I wouldn't be kicked out from the pack, you know? No. So it, it it's I, I I only want to be different when I feel comfortable. And that's why when I talk to a lot of people, they're like, so why do you want to be different? Because there is no risk. <laughs> like, yeah. The risk yeah. is just going back to normal, I guess. Because like, I was born as one of the billions. Um, so there is no... So I, I would say sometimes fear and bravery can all be blind. It's it's the two sides of the same coin, you know. Mm-hmm. That's why I decided when you mentioned the name of this episode, I think it's such a great idea to put brave on there as well. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things when you're recently visiting here in Salt Lake City, we were sitting in the coffee shop and we were talking about this idea of unboxing fear in an episode. Mm -hmm. We just felt like it was the next natural step in our podcast after talking about identity and after talking about how the two of us even came to meet one another in the first place. And when we were talking about this, it just really got me thinking. Um, I don't know if many of you have heard of Brene Brown. If you haven't, you should definitely check her out. But one day I was listening to a podcast and I guess I should back up a little bit. Her work centers around research around vulnerability and shame. Mm-hmm. And um, so she said in this podcast, she was talking about something. I can't remember exactly what, but she said, you can be scared and brave at the exact same time. And that has always stuck with me whenever I'm facing any sort of fear to know that those two can coexist at the exact same time is a complete game changer. Cause I think that a lot of us, like we walk around in this world and we think either we're brave or we're fearful, but we're not both. But honestly, I would like to challenge that and say, yeah, we are both because we can't be brave unless we are fearful. Because mm-hmm. if you're just brave without being fearful, are you really brave? No, you just are. Yeah. But So that's definitely what I think we both wanted to encapsulate in this episode. Yes, Amy and I, we cross cultures and we seem to do so confidently in new situations and adventures seem to not frighten us. But in all actuality, like this is taking down the curtain right here, this episode. Yeah. Revealing all the fears that come along with us being brave, like we're being brave in that moment because we're standing up to fear and still pushing past. And so yeah. that's and what there's I love. nothing to be shameful about it. I mean, there's I still that. do it. I still feel shameful. I still very much um, feel unconfident, inconfident from time to time, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Because I think it's a shameful feeling to be scared. You uh, for example, I received this very privileged, expensive education, and how can you still be scared? Mm-hmm. You learn how to face fear. You learn how to solve this. It's like it's a problem. It's like it's yeah. an emotion that needs to be solved. And mm-hmm. no, it's no, it's natural. It's just a part of my body reaction. And how can I solve that? 
Sometimes yeah. there's no solutions to emotions, and the emotions are valid, and I cannot deny it. The longer That's I right. deny it, the more scared I get the next time. That's and right. I can never face it. I spend more time. And in fact, it's funny because yesterday my boyfriend asked me, like, what's one thing that I learned, you know, compared to me two years ago? Mm. And I thought to myself, and I think I became, like, before, I was extremely good at avoiding fear. I was extremely mm. good at solving fear in the sense that I run away from it or ignore it. Um, yeah. I spend more time running away from it than facing it. Maybe it's easier to just face it. Um, but no, I, I, I run away. In fact, far sometimes. Totally. <laughs> um, and the other side of the world sometimes. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, it's, but, mm-hmm. oh, what are you going to say? No. Well, I was going to say like, you know, what you're talking about with fear is that I think sometimes we're afraid to be fearful because if we show that we're scared, we're showing that we're vulnerable. And I think that that's everyone's one of their biggest fears. It's like a, it's a survival technique almost. It's like a survival instinct Like you can't show that you are weak in any way, shape or form. No, especially in China. (laughs) Yeah. And box that for just a moment. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I'm not saying everyone in China hold the idea, but I, the reason why I feel shameful is because mistakes were shamed or blamed. Fear or shamed or blamed, especially when you're a guy. Yeah. Uh, Or a girl who experienced a lot of circumstances. People are like, so what, what did you learn? Like, you were so experienced that you seem like you, you went around the world and how can you still be scared about this? Haven't you seen this before? Yes. Absolutely. And it's like a lesson. It's like I'm supposed to be what? Just not scared? <laughs> and it became yeah. a very shameful thing. Like I didn't learn my lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, or like a guy, you're being like a pretty, like a, like a pussy, basically, to put it in a very not graceful way. Yeah. And I think that was not mentally, like, <laughs> I don't think that's right. I don't think it's healthy. And I mm-hmm. think it's not wrong to feel fear. But I do know what is actually wrong um, is what I did when I was younger. Um, and I yeah. think what is wrong is to let fear ruin everything. Yes. To let that to let that become an excuse for me to mess up all yes. the good things that I have. You have a great story about this, too, and I can't wait for you to share it. This, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, when I was six years old, just like every single Chinese kid, um, <laughs> I studied piano, and I was, um, cause I but I was too bad to be, um, the just to be put in the front or the end of the contest. So my teacher asked me to monitor the entire event and to put me as second to the last, so that no one will pay attention to me. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, I don't want it to put it in a way that oh, I'm bad or something. I mean, like it's it's just what it is, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's not because I I try to use a humor way to say oh, I'm not confident. Yeah, it just what happened. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I was told to monitor this event and I know 
I was very scared. My hands were shaking. Um, I wasn't good at the piece that I was playing, and I knew exactly there was a part that I wouldn't be able to get over. I knew at that one specific note I will get wrong because I always do. And when I was, um, you know, presenting myself to announce the name of who's gonna come next, I announced the person wrong on the、mm. stage, and I、yeah. came back, and then、uh, two people afterwards, it was supposed to be my turn. And I went up to the stage, thought about two things. One thing, I did. I made a mistake while I was monitoring the event. Second, I knew there is going to be a note that I'm going to play it wrong, <laughs> like I always did. Yeah.、Um, so I started playing the piece. These two things were just in my mind, and I was scared. My hands were shaking. My palms were cold. Fingers were warm. Were the other way around. It's just a weird feeling. Yeah. Um. And I messed it up like I anticipated. I let the fear dominate me. Messed up the first part. Thought to myself, I might well just mess it all up. Because <laughs>、yeah. now I have two reasons, three reasons actually.、Yeah. I said the wrong thing. Uh, didn't practice it well, and I made a mistake already. Why not just mess it all up? And I have so many excuses to do it. So I did. I just messed it all up. I didn't finish it, and I run away. Yeah. Um. And that was wrong. <laughs> It's not supposed to be like that because I learned later that. It's more difficult to fix a mistake than to create a new page, and. It's more for most of the time in our lives, or at least my life, I need to learn how to face the mistake and fix it, than to just oh let's all start over because of the fear. Yeah, yeah. The best yeah. chapter I played in that entire music piece was the first thirty second because I always start off from the first thirty second. And that was the best part of mine, and I oh I know that, and like, and know, then you let fear overcome when really probably the last thirty seconds could have been just as the, great had you, you seen know, it through. Yeah, and also like I practiced the first part so well that I convinced myself it doesn't matter. Like if later was wrong, I would just start over from the first, like from the beginning again.、Mm. So that's and then like the part that I wasn't good at, I never would be good at it. Because I never actually face it. I just make the first part so good. Yeah, absolutely. You know what、yeah. I love? I love about this story is that it's such a great illustration of what can happen when we let fear take over, like、yeah. completely. And and in this case, fear took over and played the piano for you, or and then in the end, like didn't play the piano for you. Yeah. And that's that's really, a good way to put it. Yeah, and like and. Many ways, like that story is such a great illustration because it shows that looking back, if you had faced your fear, you actually could have probably got a lot of gratification from, because、yeah. the piece probably wouldn't have turned out bad at all. But、oh. it was that fear of that one note that was taking over everything, and then I mean, did you play the piano much after that? Well, I wish I did, but I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Will I ever pick it up again? Maybe. Yeah.、Um, 
But yeah, it was it was something that、um, traumatized me for a very long time, and I had a good reason to be traumatized、mm-hmm. because it was it was really just my mistake. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time too, you were young, and like yeah, when we're young, we don't even know necessarily how to process emotions like、Age、fear. Can't get we, away. Yes, exactly, exactly. But I love that story, and I think that that's definitely like. The moral of this whole episode、mm-hmm. is to not let fear take over. No. And so I love, love, love that you just shared that because it's such a testament to to not letting fear take over. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, if we, if you and I had ever let fear take over, like we wouldn't even probably be sitting here talking at that's all. That's true. That's a really good ending. <laughs> that's a really good way because that's the thing.、Yeah. Like this whole thing. The fact that we're sitting here and talking about it is because we are scared, not because we are not. <laughs> yeah, we were scared, but we chose to be brave, and、yeah. we were scared and brave at the exact same time. And that is why you're listening to the Spark Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you don't know, we are recording it before the holiday season. I'm not sure exactly when it's going to be up there, but we really appreciate you. And、um, yeah, I think. Let fear and bravery exist at the same time in the new、yes. year for you. I think the motto for 2020 is "I am scared, but I'm brave." Yep, that's、and、a good one. I put on a t-shirt gonna, or something. That's right. I'm gonna walk into 2020 with that mindset. But yeah, happy holidays, everyone, from wherever you're celebrating.、Um, like Amy said, we don't know when this will hit your ears, but. We wanted to send our wishes, and so we really appreciate you tuning in. If you like this episode, and if you like our podcast, rate and review it, and share it with your friends if you want to. Yeah, happy holidays! Happy holidays! Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you hear, subscribe and share it with a friend who you think might like it too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Spark underscore Podcast, Facebook at the Spark, Twitter at This Is the Spark, WeChat at the Spark Podcast, and YouTube at the Spark Podcast. See you there.